Hello lovely listeners and welcome back to another interview episode of the Women's Cycling Weekly podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Rachel coming back on mic with me. I certainly had a lot of fun speaking to her again. If you haven't heard that yet and you want to hear us talk about all things 2024 Tour de France fan route, then you can go back and listen to that now on whatever podcasting platform you like, I guess, whichever one you're listening to this on. Um, This week, though, it's just me, and I'm here to introduce a conversation I had with 21-year-old Kiwi Kim Kadzo a few weeks ago. Many of you will be familiar with Kim. She's been racing on Team Yumbo Visma this year. After having quite a whirlwind rise to the top of the sport, she competed in both swimming and triathlon prior to making the switch to cycling, which she only really did during covid And since then, she's gone on to race for a British continental team, Team Torelli, which she was based uh, near to Manchester, which is actually where I'm from, or near to where I'm from. Um, From there, she impressed Team Yumbo Visma enough to have them sign her for two years. So she was teammates with Marina Voss, racing on that team. After a year with them, and some pretty impressive rides for example at the Tour of Scandinavia where she arrived at the top of the Norfell climb with Cecily Ludwig and Annemiek van Fluten and managed to get third on that stage which was super impressive however after a year with Jumbo she has actually decided to forego her final year on that team lots of riders leaving that team but that's a conversation for another day um and now she's going to join the new ef women's squad from the 2024 season which is really interesting and i think that team is looking very exciting for next year so looking forward to seeing what they do and kim's part in that when kim and i spoke she was already back in new zealand and the south island where she is from And she'd been there for a few weeks already, enjoying her off-season with family and friends. It also means that because of the time difference, um, I was sat there in the evening and she was there with her morning coffee. And we chatted about how she came into the sport, her background and her year with Yombo Visma, her rise to the World Tour. And also a little bit about being from New Zealand which for a relatively kind of non-traditional cycling nation has produced some incredible talents, especially on the women's side and especially recently. So we had a little chat about that and the challenges about of coming from so far away from the epicenter of, of cycling. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Kim Kadzo. How are you today? This morning? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Back here in New Zealand, so it's morning. Yeah, just so the listeners know how dedicated I am to this. It's 9pm for me and 8am for Kim. So, 
but no I wanted to have her on the podcast because I think Kim's a writer who's had a really like a bit of a whirlwind um ride in cycling so far like I don't think it would be a stretch to say that maybe this time last year a lot of the listeners might not have really known about you but I feel like now they definitely would after some of the rides you've had this year um just tell us a little bit about you know where you've come from basically yeah um I was yeah it's been a a quick rise into cycling but it's um I started as a swimmer for about eight years um and people always class me as a triathlete but I actually only did triathlon for a year and a half and I did four races before I got too injured to keep racing and running um and then while I was sort of injured I could ride the bike so I just got on the bike heaps and this was during yeah COVID times um and I did a a race up north and my now coach Patrick Harvey he was like oh have you ever thought about cycling and I was like no I don't want to do cycling that's no good for me um and I think then I took a couple of weeks away and I was like oh that was quite fun um maybe I will think about it and then we just started coaching together and he got me into riding a lot more and I did a couple of races in New Zealand before we went into full lockdown um and I really enjoyed it got on Zwift a bit and I used to really enjoy that not so much now but um then yeah I did New Zealand nationals um and I yeah took away the under 23 jersey for the TT and then did Oceanias and ended up in Europe last year racing for a continental team called Torelli. Um, and I did five races actually in Europe with them, not so many, and a few commesses and got a couple of good results to take away. Um, and yeah, signed to Team Yumbo Visma last year and yeah, then got into it this year and just did a lot of racing with them and yeah, enjoyed myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's just get down into the detail of some of that. So you were in New Zealand, you had this performance at nationals. What's the kind of process like? Obviously coming from somewhere like New Zealand, it's not quite so simple to come over to Europe where all the big races are and where the the teams are based. How did you get that ride onto rally? Like what was the motivation? How did that kind of come about? Luckily for um yeah, for me and one other girl who was going as well, Lee Boone, um Neve Fisher Black and Michaela Harvey, who my coach had coached, had fed them into Team Torelli a few years back. Um and he reached out to Tony uh to ask him if maybe he had a couple of spots for riders and Tony looked at our power files and then talk to Patrick about him and I guess coming from New Zealand it is definitely about connections um finding those connections finding coaches with those connections uh into small teams and just getting the opportunity to race so I'd actually signed for them before I got my nationals result um and yeah Tony had accepted me onto his team which was quite cool so yeah would you say, because it seems to me as well that there's a lot of talented young Kiwi women in particular coming through. What is it? Because I've had various conversations with both 
on this podcast and elsewhere that with where people have said kind of different things like there is a good pathway but then now it's not so good or like there's different it there's different kind of experiences I think from each person but it what is it do you think that's making it that we're seeing these young talented Kiwi girls coming through I think that yeah there's not a super great pathway and it's also not a sport that's maybe so known in New Zealand as in Europe um like growing up and through high school primary school I actually didn't know road cycling was a thing um I didn't know that girls went out did that or raced and so I think for us because we know it's difficult there's just a lot of like grit and determination there and so to make it to Europe yeah is a lot harder um and to make it onto these teams is a lot harder so the girls have to push a lot harder and I think you also tend to ride a lot because you're alone and there's not a lot of bunches going in New Zealand so I think a lot of the girls yeah they go out with guys and ride a lot with their friends who are guys maybe and ride a lot alone so you sort of grow a bit faster and a bit stronger maybe um and then yeah the the pathways are quite limited they're obviously big through track but not so big through road cycling so I think yeah you've got to have good connections through coaches and kind of follow some of the pathways that some of us have sort of created before um yeah 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 I guess it makes sense that like if it is such a a tough you have to be tough to get there then when people get to Europe they're obviously already kind of mentally resilient enough so when you got to Europe then uh how did you find it so you went to we were just talking off mic you were in Manchester right or near Manchester in the UK I I started actually in London um with my auntie and I tried riding there but that was a little bit of a bridge too far I think for me coming (laughs) from the little town New Zealand and trying to ride near London um on the road bike was just crazy and the traffic and the cars and the narrow roading and then I moved up to Holmfirth with my friend and did some training around there and found it a lot easier and a lot more kind of hilly and fun um but yeah the change from moving from New Zealand to Europe was difficult and also just I think I come from quite a small town so I'm not super used to just so many the volume of people the volume of traffic um and yeah the volume of cars on the roads yeah the UK isn't really known for its um support of cyclists being on the road shall we say (laughs) yeah yeah I found that out quite quickly I definitely ended up in a few ditches a couple of times pulling off the road trying to avoid cars so a bit of a baptism of fire then what about the racing side of it yeah the racing side for me was difficult I remember my first race um in Belgium in Muscron and uh, me and Lee arrived and we got to the start line and I I was just so excited it was so cool like someone came up to me with a little picture of me and my Torelli kit and wanted me to sign it and I just thought that was the most insane thing ever <laughs> I was like you don't even know who I am I haven't done anything yet um and I think <clears throat> then we got to the start line and they just 
yeah they started us from the start line there was no neutral or anything so it's just like go um and the most the biggest peloton I think I'd ever been in was 40 people and there I was with like 180 um and yeah within the first k and a half we hit a 3k like cobble sector and I had never hit cobbles either and there was just people flying everywhere and I was like what have I done why am I here <laughs> I'm not I've um and yeah I didn't understand at all what girls were doing I didn't understand what was happening in the peloton I was just holding on for dear life and I think after the fifth lap on the last lap me and Lee were still left together with the peloton the break had gone but we just looked at each other and we're coming into the finish and we're like we made it we did our first <laughs> Europe race we were just over the moon that we'd made it around the course <laughs> so do you think that's kind of like how it just has to happen in this sport because I think when you come from like a place where there's the racing doesn't happen on cobbles and there isn't really tight roads like and you're up against girls that have like grown up doing that you kind of just like you're on the back foot but you there's no way to learn it other than to do it right you just have to like throw yourself in at the deep end yeah I think if you like come from New Zealand or Australia there's no way that you can recreate it here there's nothing here that's ever going to be the same and so I think to be honest yeah you just have to be thrown into it whether it's a commiss or one of these crazy cobbled races in Belgium you sort of just have to dive head first in and just see how you go and then build from there and I think actually it's the best way to do it is one of the craziest races for your first race because you're either gonna go oh I want to have another go at this or you're gonna run away so I think yeah it's a bit of a baptism by fire but I think racing in Europe is always hectic it's always hard so you just learn slowly to get used to it <laughs> yeah because one of the big things as well that you always hear from people that come from Australia or New Zealand or the States or even the UK sometimes is bunch skills is if you come into the sport a bit later like learning bunch skills learning bike handling is something that can sometimes hold people back a bit did you have any of that or were you just kind of going for it yeah no for me like I still really struggle with it now um I feel like towards the end of this year I've started to get maybe a little bit braver but I'm not <clears throat> super confident in my own skills I haven't you know ridden the bike growing up I'm not one of these kids that was out on the bike doing wheelies and things I picked it up much later on and so I think I definitely wasn't yeah you sort of go one of two ways you're kind of hanging on the back a little bit and then moving up to the front right around the sides as fast as possible um, or you're one of these people who just can seem to just get used to it quickly and um, dive right in but I think for me it was it's a real challenge and something I'm still trying to learn, still trying to understand how, how people do it. Yeah. Did you learn anything from your teammates on Yumbo this year? Obviously like a lot of them being European and Dutch in particular as well, where they're just born on bikes and they know exactly how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I definitely learned a lot um, with them around, I think, 
towards the end of the season, they really, some of the girls really helped me um, saying, you know, now's a good time to move up. Um, you should try this or like taking a couple of times they took me a little bit of an easier route maybe up than through the middle of the peloton because I'm I'm still in sort of like learning my own skills on the bike learning how to handle the bike and I think from them growing up in Europe in the peloton they sort of just dive through the middle um, and jump around that I'm not quite confident enough to be able to do that yet um, but I think yeah they definitely helped me like learn some of the little bit tricks of the trade, the easier chances, and they sort of told me when to when to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's pretty understandable that you don't feel like you're fully there with that yet, considering that it's only just coming now towards the end of like your first year as a pro in the World Tour. So, just to rewind a little bit, obviously we talked about you riding for Torelli, and you say you only did a few races with them. Um, one of them, or one race, I remember was the first time I sort of like paid attention to I was like oh who's this girl was the Mont Ventoux challenge last year um I think when you came fourth is that fifth. right fifth. fifth yeah 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 no that was one of the races I think for the season I was really excited about um coming into it and it was yeah it was really cool um, we stayed a couple of days um, in the town and like rode, like got to ride up the climb with my dad and like have a little look at the course and things. So um, I really enjoyed it. And then on race day, like it was really hot, but it was just amazing getting to be with, I think my first time sort of knowing some of the world tour riders in that race, like Elise Shabby um, and Marta Cavalli and being up there was with them was definitely like the time I realized I really wanted to do road cycling so from there obviously at that point had you already um been picked up by Yumbo or was it that ride that yeah. I actually had already been um I'd already signed the contract with them before that race and I think that also was really helpful because I felt there was a lot less pressure on me for that race in general um I'd been talking to them sort of throughout the year and then I went to their facility and did some testing and they'd sort of signed me based on that okay yeah so I guess that kind of makes sense because your numbers being impressive lines up with the fact that I guess you would say your strengths are like climbing and time trial right yeah definitely I think there's a lot for me like to learn but I think yeah I really enjoy these sort of war of attrition races the climbing and the time trial <laughs> obviously the time trial because maybe you're alone on the road which is sometimes nice yeah yeah no bunch to think about just putting down the power yeah <laughs> just pushing it you can I think it's nice as well because like you sort of go in with a plan and you just try and execute it as best as possible yeah. So going back to the start of this year, your first few races or like your first time in a World Tour team, what was that like? Especially considering that like just 12 months or so before that, you had only just really gotten into cycling. 
Yeah, it was it was definitely crazy. I think, yeah, you know, going to camps and seeing Mariana Voss, somebody I said from the start of cycling and even when I was a triathlete, wow, like she's the, you know, the greatest of all time. Um, and just seeing her in the flesh and talking to her like a normal person and getting to ride with her just felt like, yeah, a massive privilege. And um, just being in with the team was really really great but also quite overwhelming at the same time because I sort of sometimes felt a little bit like I wasn't supposed to be there yet did you think in this was that in the sense of like a bit of imposter syndrome or was that like oh wow this is like a big jump from where I was before I think it was a bit of both I think it was definitely a bit of imposter syndrome I was sort of like oh I don't really know what I'm doing I'm not ready for this and also just not feeling quite like I wasn't sort of confident in my skills or um, sort of going out with them sometimes on team camps and things. And I sort of felt like I was just not quite maybe there where they were at. Um, but I think, yeah, it's a sort of combination of the two. And when you actually got racing then, did that help, that feeling? Um, I think it did, but then... I also felt a little bit like the same when it just just not just having that lack of experience I think was hard for me because I sort of you know maybe bridge like in Valencia my first stage race and I sort of bridged across to Anamique and um, Ashley Moomin, Passio and Amanda Spratt and I was like oh my gosh I've made it across to them like that's sort of what I was trying to do and I luckily had sort of Corinne babysit me for the first half of the race and she got me there, which was amazing. Um, but then I lost them on the descent because I just wasn't capable of sort of going at the speed they were going at. And then I was really sort of disheartened at this and sort of wanting to contribute towards the team, but maybe just missing bits and missing attacks and not quite being up there, I think was really hard and, sort of for a while I was like oh I'm never going to get this like I just don't understand how I'm going to get from where I am to be able to do what they're doing and do you feel like now that's improved after this season or I think for the first half of the year like I was like I'm it's just me I don't understand I can't get there I can't do what they're doing I'm never sort of going to be able to just do that and take these risks I don't understand it and now finally towards the back half of the year and being able to do some more racing I think just getting that experience you start to see yourself moving up the sides way more covering more attacks more breaks and actually being there involved in the race and learning that you have a certain um, certain skills which you can use in the race at certain times and not trying to trying to be everybody and do everything um and yeah I started to see a lot of progress in myself and a lot of progress in my peloton skills um and I was able to help the team a lot more which made me feel a lot more satisfied and a little bit less like I was a bit useless <laughs> yeah I mean obviously that's one of the things isn't it like I think when you come from um the kind of like lower level of racing where all of it is about like I need to get noticed I need to do my own thing and then you come into 
when it's a team environment at the higher level it I reckon mm. it must be hard to like switch that mentality a bit too of like oh it's actually okay if I personally don't do the best I can do in this race for myself I've got somebody to help and it's fine yeah exactly I think I learned that a lot this year whereas last year I just we sort of just raced for ourselves it was all about just kind of we didn't have a team plan really um we just we didn't have radios or anything so it was just like I'm gonna race in a peloton it's kind of me against 180 girls rather than this year you know you've got a team plan you've got a ridey or two riders that you're sort of planning to help them to get a result um and feeling like I think it's just feeling like you can actually help and contribute towards that yeah and so when it comes to the skills as well did you actively did you or the team as well did the team give you any kind of like assistance with that or did you actively go out and kind of practice or was it literally just in the race just getting the the hours in doing it we did one um like descending practice with um a guy who lives in Barcelona called Oscar um and he's quite well known for doing descending and that was back in uh December we did some training with him but I reached out to him and asked him if maybe he would come a couple of times to Girona and sort of paid to like get him to help me with my descending um which was really important and then my partner came over for three months and yeah we just went out and he luckily was a triathlete and so he's also really good on the bike and I drag him out all the time so he's he's fit um and he just took me out and practiced with me like day after day and just trying to keep getting better learning how to read the lines and also using a couple of my Aussie friends in Girona also offered to take me out and just help me and get me to follow their lines so yeah a lot of people sort of came a little bit to my help thankfully oh that's really nice so you're based in in Girona when you're in Europe um yeah and it's it's obviously like this massive cycling hub and there's lots of pros here but I think especially for people who come from like New Zealand Australia it's a nice kind of community away from home because you're so far away from home have you enjoyed that element of being over here yeah I really enjoyed it like um I think um yeah coming over especially at first like I don't know people from New Zealand in the peloton everybody I've met in New Zealand has actually been in Europe in Girona who's involved in cycling and so coming to Girona was just amazing like you know getting to meet a lot of Kiwis and Australians it's a bit of what I call a home away from home um you've got people around to reach out to and go for coffee with and I think that's really important for us Kiwis and Australians is that when you have a bad race or a bad day or even a good day you don't get to go home to your family and you know have a hug from mum or go for a coffee with your grandma or something because you're sad you sort of go back to your flat in Girona and I think if you were living somewhere else in Europe you'd kind of be sitting there a bit sad yourself um but being 
being in Girona was amazing because if you had a bad race or something, just asking some mates to go for, for dinner or a coffee just really helped and, yeah, gave you that sort of boost you needed. Yeah, for sure. And I guess also, like, outside of cycling, there's quite a bit to do or, like, things to see. Did you find that? Yeah, I loved being, like, you know, a 40-minute trainer ride from – Barcelona was awesome you know you could just ride in there with some friends go check out you know the beach is always entertaining or something like that and there's a lot of things to do in Girona like going out even to the coast is amazing or Banyols and um, yeah getting to visit just walking around seeing the cathedrals I think for me even the best part is just all the people watching coming from a small town going for a walk down the street was just as entertaining as anything else <laughs> yeah there's some interesting people around town as well yeah <laughs> um and yeah because I guess it's kind of a banal question to ask somebody who comes over from somewhere that far away but did you did you struggle with like homesickness at first was that something that you've yeah is that is that something you've had experienced yeah a lot of the time, actually, I'm a real home bird. I love my family. Um, I love my sort of comfort zone. And I think, you know, I'm always used to having my parents around and things and just not having that on the other side of the world. I was like, you know, is this something I really, really want? Um, you know, what's, I think it's not what's more important to me, but I think, yeah, I just missed having people around who really sort of know me my family and my partner as well like I didn't see him for five months and that was really really hard um we'd never been away from each other that long and I think I just started to get really really homesick and it was going to be six or seven months till he came across but we cut it a bit short to five months just because I was just really over being there um by myself yeah that's a long time and did, did you find that affecting kind of your motivation when it came to training and racing? Yeah, definitely. I think I also found I was just trying to fill fill in the time of being by myself. I didn't actually want to go home to my flat, especially it was okay if my flatmate was there. She was awesome. But, you know, if she was, she was away racing a lot and I wasn't um, at a certain time and I was just trying to fill in that time by, you know, getting up, a bit late and then going for a walk around the town getting a coffee and then going out riding and then going coming back from riding getting a coffee sitting in my bib down at a coffee shop for too long and by the time I got home you know it's four five o'clock there's not that much time you have to fill in between that and dinner so I think it was much better when they came and then I had a bit more of a normal routine yeah yeah I guess that's the thing with with it as well as like there's probably so many things that you could do with your time but you're meant to rest and you're meant to just like chill and you're not really meant to be on your feet as a cyclist so it's kind of difficult like you really ought to be lying on your sofa but if you're on your own I can imagine that's like the last thing you want to just do all afternoon yeah and you just want to go like walking out in the street walk to the supermarket see who's around like go walk down the street and you're always fine a Kiwi Australian or British and have a you know half an hour chat with them but it's yeah it's just time 
like filling in walking around but you kind of need to rest yeah and so outside of of racing and training outside of cycling do you have any kind of hobbies or interests or are you studying is there anything that you kind of do that's completely non-cycling related to sort of get out of that mentality a little bit yeah I did um last year I started a bachelor of um sports management but I put it on hold this year um just as I found like getting to my feet and also yeah trying to move different countries and stuff I didn't want to have the added pressure of exams and things on top of it um but yeah like the problem is my my hobbies are all like hiking um walking I like swimming um you know I was a swimmer for a long time so for me just the best the best thing is for my recovery and cycling is I do like being in water so just going down to the coast and swimming or sometimes just floating in a pool I really enjoy um but yeah I sort of I'm a bit of like an outdoorsy person so if I'm home I'm going hiking or you know walking down along the lakes and going swimming and yeah going on the mountain bike so nice that's not always yeah good for off season maybe not so much mid season (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so is that what you've been doing so for the listeners Kim's been on her off season back in New Zealand is that what you've been doing for the last few weeks yeah pretty much like I've been out nearly every day we've done a good amount of hikes and um some mountain biking um yeah I love a good coffee shop with my friends as well um (laughs) so yeah it's been nice and relaxing but a lot of outdoor sort of activities what's the one thing so oh sorry bit of fishing yeah always get dragged out for a fish with dad nice um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you so when you're gonna when you're heading back to New Zealand when you're like you know you're gonna go home what's the first thing you want to do what's the what's the thing where you're like I can't wait to do this when I get back for me it's just to actually just throw the ball for my dog I got a <laughs> dog when I was six and he lives at home with my mum um and I was yeah I was 16 so I called him Snoop you know Snoop Dog um <laughs> I thought it was really at the time it's less funny now um but yeah like I I just love him to pieces and I think this time coming back was so I was away for nearly a year and I was like oh he's not going to remember me he's not going to know who I am but as soon as I hopped out the car he was just jumping on me and licking me and you know he my brother left home when I was 16 and I was so close with my brother that I was like getting a dog was like getting another sibling so he's like my other little my other little sibling oh oh that's so sweet I love dogs what kind of dog yeah. is he he's a border collie springer spaniel so oh. he needs a lot of running um that's why I love as well going out on the mountain bike and hiking because it's you know on the road bike I don't get to spend time with him but he just comes with me he'll run for miles and miles so he's awesome oh Oh, that's so nice. I thought you were going to say yeah. something like, I don't know, there's this particular cafe I go to. You know, that I like that. That's way better. <laughs> Come to the cafe with me as well. 
Um, so obviously, yeah, you know, being away from home, being away from your dog and all of these things, it must be worth it because you've signed a contract for next year with the new EF team. So you're carrying on after this season. Um, so obviously this is a new a new team that's come about. Um, but the manager is one of the managers that was at Yumbo. Is that the connection that kind of want made you want to go across that team? Yeah, I think um, I love Isra. When I signed to Yumbo, um, Isra was one of the first people I met and she's so welcoming. Um, she's really down to earth and she just really wants the best for people. And, you know, she's definitely one of the main reasons I signed to that team. Um, she's super supportive and just, yeah, like I say, she just wants the best for everybody. Um so it's definitely, yeah, why I signed to EF. And I think it's also going to be a really, really nice team. Um, And what are your kind of, obviously you've had, I would say you've had like some notable, like big results this year. Like for me, the one that stands out is, um, can't remember the exact stage, but in Scandinavia, when you arrived at the finish with Anamik. But yeah, obviously that was a, you know, a standout result you've had like you know there's been kind of ups and downs but you've had like a successful season you've had successes you've had some good you've shown the cycling world that like you're a talented rider especially when it comes to climbing how how do you want to build on that next year like what's your kind of goals what are you aiming for um I think yeah next year I'm just looking forward to becoming I want to become much sort of stronger rider I think um a lot of work through just building some of that sort of surgy power um and maybe becoming a lot stronger and more comfortable on the bike and I'm not sure whether that will maybe improve my TT or improve these kind of just want to be able to cover when people attack being able to cover it a lot easier um for me I'm quite capable of these sort of long longer efforts and I really enjoy them but yeah I think just being able to improve that sort of area and then also keep putting it into my climbing and just keep doing lots of races and seeing what I enjoy and seeing maybe how I didn't focus on that so much this year and seeing how that might help me um to become a bit more of a stronger rider um and also just yeah still learning what I enjoy in racing um so yeah a bit of combination but I think yeah that kind of race experience and just getting to do a lot of different racing is really important for me um obviously getting a result in the climbing races was really really nice but I sort of want to see where I can maybe put power down in other places as well yeah yeah it's an interesting one in the women's peloton because I feel like certainly in the men's you've got clear-cut sort of specialists in like various things you know climbing sprinting whatever whereas on the women's side there's a lot less of that it's more there's more emphasis on being an all-rounder maybe um I don't know how you see that Mm. yeah no I think at the moment people are still there's still a lot of real all-rounders and maybe you see a few more climbers like Gaia Alini and 
and things, but there's a lot less, you know, you've got your sort of sprinters, your punchy riders, and then, you know, climbers as such. But I think climbers, you know, there's not a lot of races as well in the peloton that's just a hilltop finish. Um, and so I think it's important to be able to, you know, get over the climbs in the women's peloton, but you've got to be able to, yeah, race hard at the end because you don't really get the opportunity to finish on an uphill very often. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why the Tourmalade was such a big thing in the tour. Like, you must have been watching mm. that, like, oh, I wish I was that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, like, it was, it was a cool race to watch, but I would love to do it one time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess actually on that, you know, as someone who's really talented at climbing and, and time trial, that's kind of the perfect combo for someone who's going to target GC. Is that your aim for the future? Yeah, I think I still am not 100% yet. Like sometimes I think at the moment I'm not ready for the pressure of it. Um, and a little bit, like I said, just being able to feel a bit more useful in the peloton and things. But I think as I get more experienced and more confident, then, you know, it definitely might be something I go after in the future. Yeah, for sure. Is that actually on that, is that something that in this new team they've put an emphasis on is like your development? Because obviously you are still pretty young and pretty new to the sport and development and good development pathways and kind of like doing it the right way is still not, that common on the women's side but it's it's really good mm. to see a lot more teams focusing on it is that something they've sort of they are they giving you room to grow basically without too much pressure yeah massively like I think you know even I see it now we're just you know gonna set some goals and things and they're really sort of like what do you want um you know how do you see yourself in the future how do you see yourself now like how can we help you basically um so that's really nice and feeling like I have a group around me that's just going to help me learn and um I also you know a lot of the girls on that team I've gotten to know through the year and they're really really nice and you know saying like like what what are your sort of weaknesses like how can we all kind of help each other and um you know get the best out of each other and I think that's really important yeah and what about the equipment and the kit? Are you excited about that? Yeah, I love the pink. It's so cool. Um, and I think, you know, the Cannondales are really, really nice bikes. Um, I've ridden on them a couple of times. And yeah, I love I love POC as well. So it's, yeah, I'm really excited um, for the equipment and the kit and everything. And I think they always just look so cool on the road. And um, yeah, I think I've picked the best two teams to ever sign to for, for road uh, safety bright yellow and then bright pink so <laughs> I should be fine where was that when you were in the UK dodging cars off the side of the road <laughs> um but yeah that was in like London <laughs> around the back little these tiny little streets that definitely shouldn't be allowed to have two cars go down it <laughs> yeah not not such a problem in Girona actually so no the cars there are that's one thing I'd say like coming back home that I miss is just the cars in Girona are amazing. Like the, them, 
amount of space they give you is just crazy and they'll you know sometimes you end up feeling bad because you have a truck sit behind you for like 15 minutes because he doesn't <laughs> want to pass oh it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's yeah you feel really safe riding around here which is really nice so what what's the plan sort of are you coming across for training camps or are you in New Zealand now until next year yeah um I've got a training camp in December so I'm doing a bit of a whirlwind and um doing the big travel from New Zealand to Europe uh for only about like 10 days in Europe and then I'm flying back home um and yeah I'm here for the rest of December and January and then January I'm actually getting married so that's going to be really fun um and then February I'm going to do New Zealand nationals and then head over to Europe after that nice are you getting married congratulations yeah that's thank exciting. You. yeah it's quite fun actually like now being in my off season I'm just spending all the time planning the wedding because my partner's like it's you know they're the one that proposed but he's like you organize it I'll just turn up on the day I don't mind <laughs> I was like great no <laughs> That's not how it works. He's got to do something. <laughs> no, not that. But yeah, I think um, a lot of it is down to me and my mum, which is actually kind of fun. Then you definitely get what you want. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's nice. That's a real nice way to spend the winter, I guess, before before you start yeah. next year. Yeah, well, lucky for us, it's actually a wedding, so. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well... I think there's a lot to look forward to. I think you've got um, a really exciting career ahead of you. And I think it's cool that, you know, you're on this new team and there's this kind of different environment. And I think it's amazing to see how far you've come so quickly. And for sure, like sometimes, you know, you talk, you said as well, like you don't want too much pressure, but it's just really great to see the progress you've made and I'm looking forward to seeing where you go next year thanks yeah and yeah, it's gonna be a cool and thanks so much for for coming on the podcast um thanks for well thanks for doing it first thing in the morning and <laughs> I'm sitting here at like 10 to 10 at night but <laughs> No, thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Women's Cycling Weekly Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kim. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you could rate and review the podcast and even subscribe, which means that it will just land in your podcast feed whenever I upload an episode, which throughout the winter is still going to be every week, or as I hope it's going to be every week. Um, I'll be bringing conversations mostly just with riders and with other people involved in the world of cycling. And if it's not an interview, it will be the usual analysis and slightly chaotic conversations between me and Rachel or me and whoever else I can accost to join the podcast with me. Also stay tuned for a couple of weeks time when there will be some 
special cyclocross related content coming thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on substack details in the show notes see you next time I'm a man,